Good to be back at Highway Baptist Church and uh, excited about uh, getting to be with my friends and uh, see some familiar faces and uh, people that love God. Amen. And we definitely do that. And a chance for Bonnie and I to slip away for a day or two. And I took the liberty to uh, take Monday off, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stay over an extra day. And you just never know what we might do. I don't know. We might even go eat at Golden Corral or something. I don't know. <laughs> but they said we didn't have to kick. They didn't kick us out until eleven o'clock. So uh, we're good there. So this morning I wanted to look at a few things uh, by way of Sunday school class, a Sunday school hour. And I'll try to try to teach this and talk about some things from the Word of God. Take your Bible and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. And uh, it's a series of lessons that I've been teaching at our church. But in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 5 is a verse of Scripture that I believe deals with uh, conduct and uh, appropriate conduct, you might say. And uh, there will be another verse, 1 Timothy 3.15 in just a second. But uh, I wanted to uh, uh, share some thoughts with you this morning that I have uh, in churches today, especially in our home church. We're uh, a lot of folks in and out of the building and church and a lot of people that are churched and a lot of people that are not churched. And we're glad for everybody to come. And uh, surely uh, we have a bus ministry. We have a lot of kids come, 25 to 30 kids come uh, every, every Sunday morning. And uh, then uh, uh, a lot, sometimes the parents will come. And, uh, uh, and I expect a certain uh, scriptural conduct out of saved folks. Amen. Uh, if they're not saved, now I, I expect them to act like heathens almost. So I understand that. So I'm not saying uh, you can't come to church uh, because you don't do this, you don't do that. I'm just glad you're there. But once you get there, there is a, an appropriate conduct and etiquette, especially for those folks that are saved. Amen. And uh, that's missing today in our churches. We live in a seeker-friendly type atmosphere in churches. People say, well, what can I do to appeal uh, to people that might walk in? I want everybody to feel comfortable. I want everybody to feel at home. So we say things like, well, just come like you are. You may not want everybody to come just like they are. I, you know, uh, so you got to be careful with that. And then once they do come, if you're not careful, They'll all be coming just like they are. And it'll look like you're having a pajama party instead of a church service. And I'm not getting on separation, but I believe there's a need for this. And what uh, caused me to, to look at this and study this is when a man gets saved, when a lady gets saved, when a child gets saved, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are different by design. You're not like the world. But today we live in a society, a Christian society, quote unquote, that says, no, we're all the same. We can look like the world, act like the world, be like. I don't think you can, not according to this book. So that's what's behind the lesson. And uh, I've been in these series, are fresh on my mind, keeps me studying. But in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13... Uh, the Bible says in verse 5, doth not behave, it's talking about charity here. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, that's verse 4. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly. And that's kind of my thought about behavior. Uh, 
uh, does not behave itself unseemingly, uh, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Take your Bible if you wouldn't come to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says this to the child of God. And this was instruction to a young pastor trying to bring people along, teach folks. And he said, uh, and it's talking about his soon return. But if I tarry long, uh, let, me, let me get a little context. Verse 14, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. Paul talking to them. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, I've heard people talk about this, preachers talk about this and say, well, he's talking about the... Um, the invisible church of God that made up of the body of believers. No, he's not, because you won't have to worry about behaving in that body. Amen. That's a spiritual body, and behavior's taken care of there. This is the local assembly. This is where people come in, in human form, and assemble together, and there's a certain behavior that is becoming to the child of God Amen. in the church. Now, not only in the church, I believe it solely starts in the home, goes to the church, yes. and and then bleeds into the world. Yeah, okay. And uh, however you act in your home sometimes isn't appropriate for the house of God. Let me illustrate like this. Um, uh, if you take a job, and uh, let's say that job dictates that you wear a uniform. And uh, they bring you in and they give you your uniform, has your name on it, the company logo and that kind of thing. And uh, you go in every morning and you go to the locker room, you get out of your uh, your normal clothes and you put on that uniform. And uh, that, that's appropriate attire for that business because they deemed it so. And we're good with that and we do that. If you work at a bank the, the, or somewhere like that, more of a person, they'll tell you, well, we don't want you to wear this, this, and this, and we want you to, you know, be appropriate, and that's appropriate attire and dress, and they'll have a dress code, or they'll have a, appropriate behavior and dress for you at that place, or that and we're good with that, and we do that, and we comply, we readily comply. Why is it that in the house of God, of the living God, that nobody wants to hear anything about appropriate conduct and etiquette in the house of God? And we deal with this. And people come in and say, oh, yeah, I'm saving it. They look like they just crawled out from under a truck or something. You know, I, I don't understand that. So uh, we do some teaching and things on this. And I believe there's appropriate conduct and etiquette. Um, God, uh, what God says about our manners is very important in the Word of God. And I think that's what we're dealing with in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own. Now understand, I'm not talking to lost folks here. I expect bus kids to look like heathens. Yeah, and that they just do. Um, I expect lost folks to come in all dressed any sort of way. Uh, and, and in our church, it's, uh, we, we have a lot of uh, folks that get invited through the RU, the Reformers Unanimous program, where we're dealing with chemically dependent people and their families, and they've never known anything about Christianity except what they've seen, maybe a clip of this or something on TV or something, and, and that's not the norm, that's not the standard from the Word of God. So they come to church, man, I've, I've seen it all, you've seen it all. And, and you know what? That's okay, they're lost. 
But that's part of that change when a person gets saved. Amen. And when I don't see a change working in somebody and a growth working in somebody, I wonder about if they ever even got saved. Uh, that, that's a little rough, but uh, I believe it's, it's truth in the Word of God. So the Word of God says much about our manner. Uh, or our behavior. And we notice in our text that God says we should not behave unseemingly. Uh, when we speak about our manner, we are really referring to the little details of our outward behavior. And people, oh, it's just a little thing, it's a minor thing. No, it's a big thing. Because it speaks volumes, speaks volumes. Unseemingly, the word unseemingly, let's look at it. Um, it means uncomely. It's an adjective. It's descriptive. It describes. It means uncomely, unbecoming, ugly, inappropriate. That's what it means. And so when you, you get the definition of the term, God is trying to teach us something. We don't need to be uncomely, unbecoming, ugly, or inappropriate. Brother, I've sure seen some inappropriate stuff in behavior. Just talk about respect. Yeah. People come and they have no respect for the house of God, yeah. the man of God, the word of God. While they'll get up and they'll waltz out and waltz back in. Like, you know, what in the world is wrong with people? Everybody cannot have that many kidney problems. Amen. Amen. Kids screaming. People, you say, what's wrong? They just don't know how to act in the house of God. And then if nobody teaches on it, nobody says anything, nobody will ever learn how to act in the house of God. Just because you're a heathen at your home don't mean you need to be a heathen at the house of God. It's got to start somewhere. So I'm teaching these things and people say, well, you're always trying to fix something that ain't broke. That's because they're blind and can't see that it's broke. It's broke and it needs to be fixed. So um, notice what God says about our behavior in each of these verses. First Chronicles chapter 19 verse 13. He says, be of good courage and let us behave ourselves valiantly for our people and for the cities of our God and let the Lord do that which is good in his sight. So he says, let us behave ourselves. That's talking about your manner. Behave ourselves valiantly for our people. So God says a lot about how we act, our manners as, as, as his people. Psalms 101 verse 2, the Bible says this, I will behave myself. So there is a behavior. I will behave myself, watch it, wisely in a perfect way. That, that's just... Uh, Plain as the nose on your face. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me, talking to the Lord? Uh, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Amen. You can't walk in the world and in your home with an unperfect heart and then come to church trying to work with a perfect heart. Amen. So it starts in the home. Yes. It, it's brought over to the church. And it should be manifest even out in the world. Amen. And so uh, uh, then, then there's another verse. It's in Isaiah 3, 5. The prophet says this. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child, watch this, shall behave himself proudly against the ancient and the base against the honorable. Now use that verse of scripture because it's a picture of how young people feel about old people today, even in the house of God. They don't have any honor and they don't have any respect. Amen. Say, what is that? No manners. Yeah. They don't have respect for the elders. Why, I've heard people in our church refer to Pastor Holt as, Hey, Tom. Yeah. 
That ain't no good. But this guy's the man of God. I mean, God, you, you may have a problem with his character somewhere or something else, but he's still a man of God. He's the pastor of the church. He should, and if you can't call him pastor, at least call him brother. Amen. And you say, what is that? Well, and it's generally some younger person in the Lord. Well, we're getting all older now. There's not a lot of people older, a few older than us. So we're both the same age. And they just want to say, hey, Phil, what are you doing? I, don't, I just keep right on walking. I don't, they don't even turn around. It's not that I'm demanding respect. I just know there's a problem with conduct and behavior, especially in the house of God. So um, he says, behave, behave himself proudly. Uh, when you look at that verse in Isaiah, he says, And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. Uh, the child shall behave himself proudly. And I want to, that phrase, behave himself proudly, and then he says, against the ancient. And young folks are so proud and arrogant in who they think they are, uh, and that behave thyself proudly is, is a verb phrase. And it means to act insolently or with an aggressive lack of respect in speech or behavior. That's what that means. And so when I see young people not respecting their elders, when I see young people coming up, when there's two adults talking and butt in and try to talk over that adult, I know there's a problem, number one, in the home. I know number two, they're not being trained. They, they don't have good manners. And that stuff starts. And you started in a home because... Children will do that. You say, why? Because they're naturally prone to do the wrong thing. We're born in, in under sin, and we may not realize that. And even at an early age, we want to be heard. We want to be seen. And uh, what, what we used to hear from the old timer, children are to be seen and not heard. <laughs> uh, you say, well, kids got to have their say. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but I just don't come from that area. I come from the Word of God. So this verse shows us that our behavior can have two extremes. It can be valiant and perfect, good manner, good manner, um, or it can be proud and insolent behavior. In our culture, and boy, that's the problem, our culture today. In our culture today, we see more proud, insolent manners than we do valiant and perfect-hearted manners. A whole lot more cocky folks than there are humble folks. Yeah. And if you want to build good character, you're going to build it on the cornerstone of humility. Amen. And if you don't build it on the cornerstone of humility, uh, you'll build it on the cornerstone of pride. And, and the, Samuel, in 2 Samuel 22, verse 33, God is my strength and power, and He maketh my way perfect. And brother, uh, people are going in the unperfect way. And in that verse, the word way is a noun. And uh, it, it, the course of life or mode of action is what the prophet's talking about. The word perfect, people have a problem with the word perfect in the Bible. The word perfect there is the adjective. Without blemish, sincere, and undefiled. Boy, we don't find a lot of that today. So it's just, we're talking about appropriate conduct and etiquette in the church. Uh, so this verse teaches, is teaching that by God... By God's power and strength, your lifestyle, and I, I, that's a word that's thrown around a lot today. Well, it's just my lifestyle. 
Why do you have that lifestyle? Your lifestyle should be a Christian lifestyle if you're born again, saved person. So it's teaching about the power of God and strength. Your lifestyle and direction will be sincere and without blemish and defect. And that's what we're shooting for, that character that represents Christ Jesus. Sure, your manner will be wholesome and will reflect God's presence and power in your life. And that's what's missing today. People, people look at you and say, hey, you know, Christian, he's a slob. Look at him, he's a slob. You say, what? What? Uh, yeah, and and people dress. I think it's okay. I'm good. You know, what's, where's your manners, man? Uh, you you need to get with the program. So um, the Bible also teaches that different manners are appropriate in different settings. And let me explore this and explain this a little bit. Although there are many such examples, uh, here's one that God teaches us. That our behavior manner in God's house ought to be distinct from other settings. And that's why I use the verse 1 Timothy 3.15. But if I tarry, he's telling Timothy, if I tarry, and all these things I've said to you, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God. You're not going to act the same in the house of God as you do on the ball field. Amen. I mean, you're not going to be rowdy at the rodeo the same way you're going to be rowdy in the church house. Isn't it funny how people get things messed up? And uh, so there's different settings might dictate how you handle yourself and how you how you talk and how you preach. I found out that preaching on a street corner is totally different than preaching in a church house. Amen. You're on a street corner and say, hey, did I ever tell you about that story? Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> they don't listen to that story you're trying to tell. You, you just need to be to the point, a textual, uh, I'm the way, the truth, and life. That's it. I mean, they, they don't care what your grandma said. <laughs> so your manner is a little different, if you know what I'm saying. But anyway, <laughs> all these verses that I'm giving you this morning, and I, I've got an outline here. Believe it or not, I've got an outline. All these verses show that the Bible makes a clear case for our manners. And I think that's missing today. God gives us strong and clear instruction as to how we are to behave as his children. And uh, I, I, you know, I think it, it behooves to go over these things. Everywhere. They're just Amen. practical teaching, practical lessons. Uh, and, and you say, well, do you have a heart that desires to grow in understanding God's standard of behavior and manners? If you don't have a heart for that, guess what? you got a heart problem. Amen. That's where it boils down to. He said, like, I'll, I'll just do what I want to do. You've got a heart problem. God accepts me just the way I'm sure he does. But you should act a certain way. You should be appropriate in your manner and your action. Let me, the first point that I had, your manners are a reflection of your heart. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of places I'm going to go, 1 Kings 9 and 4 and Luke 4, uh, no, Luke 6, 45. But just a minute. Your manners are a reflection of your heart. Though we've said this uh, maybe earlier in the lesson, it's vital that you bear in mind that your outward life as a Christian is merely a reflection of your inward heart. And then people say, oh, you can't see my heart. You can't see my heart. You know, you don't, you don't really know, but why are you judging me? Well, look, according to manners in the Word of God, and how you conduct yourself, it's just a picture of what your heart is. Um, In 1 Kings 9, 4, he says, And if thou wilt walk before me, as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart, 
and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Brother, he wanted to bless him, but there was a condition on it. You got to walk in the integrity of your heart. Because if you, if your heart uh, is right with God, it will be manifested in your conduct and your manner. Amen. And people say, oh, well, I, I don't know about that. Well, God made it clear in this verse that David walks, David's walk was a reflection of David's heart. Now, I believe what 1 Kings 9, 4 is saying. Even so, your outward walk, your manner, always reflects your heart. So that's why if you come to church and you're good at two shoes at church, but you go back to work on Monday and you cuss like a 30-year sailor man on shore, there's something wrong with you. Amen. Now, that's an extreme. But if you act one way in church Sunday morning, but you act a total another way when you get out on a workplace, uh, there's a problem somewhere. Something wrong with your heart. You cover that heart up for a little while. The Bible says in Luke 6, 45, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. Uh, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. You don't have to listen to somebody too long at all till you know kind of what's going on in his heart. So your manners, point number one, your manners are a reflection of your heart. And I believe it's clearly seen here. Let me say this, point number two. Bad manners flow from a bad relationship. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Let me explain it this way. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You can't be around the carn and the world without it dirtying you up. Amen. So bad manners flow from bad relationships. If you continually have a bad relationship out there in the world or wherever you go and you're around folks that aren't saved and love the carn and love the world and love all the filth of the world, man, that you come into church Sunday morning filthy if you're not careful. And it'll show up in your conduct, your etiquette, and your manner. So evil communications corrupt good manners. Psalms 106 verse 35, but where... The Bible says, but were mingled among the heathen, talk about the children of God, and learned their works. So when the children of God are mingled with the heathen, they will learn their works. Isn't it funny? We can learn how to be bummy quicker than we can learn how to be holy. Come on, man. Huh? I mean, we can learn how to look like the world quicker than we can learn how to look like a Christian child of God. And you say, what is that? Well, it's just good old-fashioned preaching on some separation. Yes, and uh, a bad manner flows from bad relationships. Well, I like the way I act. And I like the way I, I look. I like the way I smell. There's something wrong with you, man. Amen. Your heart is not right with God. Amen. I have people ask me all the time, why do you always wear a suit when you go to church? I said, well, wait a minute. And one guy that asked me this was a deacon. He shows up in a T-shirt, pants, something. I like Bud Light or something on the front. Bad. I wouldn't wear that to church, number one. And his dad died a few uh, months ago. And I went to his dad's funeral because I preached. His dad was a preacher and I'd preached for that man years ago. And uh, I noticed him. Deacon out of our church. I noticed him over there. He had a suit and tie on. 
So when he asked me, weeks gone by, why do you always wear a, church, a suit to church? I said, well, I'll tell you why. I'm going to the house of a living God. Yes, where he is honorable, he is glorious, he is magnificent. And if I can't dress up just a little for the living God that died for me and rose again the third day, why would I put a suit on for a dead man? We got this thing backwards. We want to dress up and give respect to somebody that's died, but we don't want to give respect to a living and almighty righteous God. Our manner and our conduct, there's something wrong with it in our churches today. Then we wonder why God won't bless us. Because we don't give him his due respect and his due honor. And it's about a bad relationship because we've been around the world so long. And in the world so long, we thought, oh, this is good. You know, the world accepts me. Why can't you accept me? Well, I can't accept you, but God don't. Yes. God don't. So appropriate conduct and etiquette. Uh, manners, behavior. Well, that word vain, I, he said, I have, I don't know if I give you this verse or not, Psalm 26, 4, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissimilars. Now let me, let me explain that verse just a little. Vain, here as it's used, is an adjective describing that person. And it means someone wrapped up in uselessness. Yeah. That's what it means. Emptiness. Wrapped up in things that don't even matter. And then the word dissimilar. Now now look, that's, that's an eighth grade word, but most people don't know what it means. And I find that so often. So when I teach the word of God, I find myself off time giving definitions to words so people can get the right meaning out of the verse. So the word dissimilar is a noun. And he says, neither will I go in with dissimilars. That's somebody, person, place, or thing. It's it's a noun. Someone who hides or conceals things. Someone who makes things secret. A deceiver. He said, I'm not going to go in with dissimilars. Uh, they're not who they say they are. Amen. And the scripture says in Proverbs 9, 6, Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. And man, people just void of that. They say, well, you're just picking on me. You know, you're picking on me. I'm telling you, in our churches today, it don't look like church no more. Amen. Look like a Lions Club meeting. Yeah. A Masonic Lodge meeting or something. Uh uh, we always become like the people. My point was bad manners flow from bad relationships. We always become like the people we spend time with. Yes, In addition to this, others judge us by those with whom we spend time. Yes, well, I know him. He, you know, down there on the corner with them bums down on the corner. You know, they're selling drugs. Now, he may not be selling drugs, but he's down there with them. Looks like them, smells like them, you know, acts like them, talks like them. So one of the most important choices you make as a young person or, or any person, but a young person, is who you spend time with. Amen. Uh, this choice will literally shape your manner uh, and your behavior. You will adapt your life if only subconsciously. You may not even know literally you're doing it, but subconsciously to those with whom you spend time. Here you go to the ball game. Now, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm going to make sure this phone's off. It's been worrying me the whole time here. I come in here this morning. Yep, yeah, it's off. I don't need it. It's in my pocket. I reach for my handkerchief there. It was. Now, you know, so let's say somebody gives you tickets to the Bengals game. Eh, you might not like the Bengals. Somebody gives you tickets to the Browns game. 
Ah, you may not like the brown. Let's see who else. Then cultures. I don't know. Let's just say some professional game somewhere, and you say, "Well, now I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I don't think I'm. I'm not going to act like that crowd down there, passing beer back, cussing, spilling beer all over, you know, fighting, carrying on. I'm not going to act like that. I think I'll wear my number 32 jersey, though. Them bagels pretty good when Rudy Johnson was with them. So I put that bagel jersey. I go down there, and boy, you get sucked in yep. to what's going on. Next thing you know, you're jumping as high as they are and screaming as loud as they are. You may not be drinking no beer, and you may refuse to pass the beer back. No, you might say, no, I can do that. that they're, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to drink it. But the next thing you know, you're sucked in with that crowd. Yes. The next thing you know, when you come home from that ball game and Bengals won and all that kind of stuff, that's all you can talk about. Man, I see my first NFL game firsthand. Oh, I'm telling you what, they did this, they done. And you've been sucked in with that thing, and you never one time ever talked about preaching service like that. Yes. What is wrong with that? Amen. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with our hearts. Yes. And bad manners flow from bad relationships. You get in with the wrong crowd, you'll be acting like them, talking like them, shouting like them, cheering like them, drinking like them. That's just how it goes. And then people say, eh, tell it like it is, preacher. Then when you tell it like it is, oh, I don't like that. You're picking on us. So if you desire a light that reflects good manners, then you should. And godliness, and you should. You must turn away from relationships with vain, dissembling, and foolish people as defined in the scripture I just shared with you. You must choose to hang around people who will sharpen you, help you grow, and encourage a life of godliness. That's funny. What? Well, well, them guys over there, you know, they, they don't have any fun. I want, I want to have a little fun. On, watch out who you're having fun with. Yes, Let me say thirdly, third point, and I've got ten points. We won't get through all ten. I'm watching the clock. Don't worry about it. Right manners flow from a heart of respect for God and others. A respect is a big word. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now in the New Testament, a similar verse, Romans 12.10, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love, here it is, in honor preferring one another. Boy, folks, today... They prefer themselves over everybody else. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's not right manner. Right manners flow from a heart of respect for God, watch it, and others. Well, I respect God, just don't respect the people of that. Why? Um, in Romans 12, 18, a few verses down, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Yes. That's what he says. And Peter says it like this. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. 1 Peter 2.17 So right manners flow from a heart of respect for God and others. If we're going to have uh, right manners. Appropriate conduct and etiquette in the house of God. So one major problem today is culture. And I've been talking about culture a little bit. And see we're bamboozled by culture and we don't even know it. Amen. Uh, if there's a trend, we, we get in it. We do it. We, we got it. Uh, we, we just do it. 
You say, and you got to be careful of that as a child of God. And so our major problem in today's culture is that people of all ages generally do not care how they behave. They just don't care. They have a total lack of respect for God and others. And you see it. They'll run over you, run you down, talk bad to you, uh, scoot you out of line at the grocery store. I think that happened this morning to me. I had to go get some Tylenol or something. And uh, I just thought, how rude. Um, I, was, I went up to get some biscuits and gravy this morning. But anyway, <laughs> there's a little, there were two busloads of kids come in there. I don't know where they was from. They was pretty well mannered last night, but when it come to food this morning, they weren't well mannered. I'm up there, I got my tie on my shirt, and I'm trying to be respectful, trying to be a witness for the Lord, and I'm saying excuse me and thank you and that kind of, and then little kids come up there get worming up and I don't know, they're just little guys. But that told me something about those kids. Somebody ain't taught them anything at home. Nothing at all. Spilt milk and cereal all over the counter and didn't even try to wipe it up. So what you see, you're just you're just mad at the world. I'm not mad at the world. I'm just making an observation. Yes, uh, we live in a culture where uh, they have kids today, people today have a total lack of respect for God and others. Now I didn't find that in older people because they've lived longer and they've learned some things. We had a couple of folks open the door for us and let us in because Bonnie's in a wheelchair. Say what is? It? That's just showing respect. Now no young person did that. I had them walk right past me, shut the door right in our face. And I wasn't asking for any help. We don't ask for no help. But I was just not noticing. And when we was getting in the car to come this morning, I pulled the car around and stopped it there. And that one old man, he comes walking up there. He says, man, he said, that's a nice contraption. Where did you get something like that? I said, that is good old-fashioned American ingenuity, homemade. Talk about that wheelchair box on the back. He said, well, I like that. He said, that's what's wrong with America. It don't want to do nothing on its own anymore. And that was old school. He was showing respect. And he was acknowledging, you know, uh, uh, a pattern of, of, of good. And you don't see that. Today's culture, they have total lack of respect for God and others. And you'll see it in others. Uh, they lack a healthy fear of God. You see it? Road on pickup trucks. Uh, no fear. Oh, yeah. No fear of God. As a result, they don't have a, watch this, foundational consideration of how to act or how to treat others. There's no foundational consideration. Now, that's two words put together that says they didn't have the training. Believe me, they're not getting it at home. Amen. They're not getting it at school. Yeah. So if they get saved, they don't know how to act when they come to church. And so when a preacher stands up and teaches practical Christian living, practical etiquette in the house of God, practical conduct, and I believe we should because of what Paul said to Timothy and what Paul said to the Corinthians, I think we should teach people how to act in the house of God. Because if you can get it taught here, it'll bleed out into your life, and it should. So again, right manners flow from a heart of respect for God and others. You need a healthy respect of God. What should cause you to desire a to act right? What should cause that? Simply a fear or respect of God and consideration of others. So the verse that I'm using, any one of those verses, uh, it just teaches us to love one another, prefer one another, live peacefully with all men, honor all men, and fear God. These principles, now that's what's wrong. We don't have any principles in our life. And these godly principles are the foundation of a well-mannered life. Well, you know, I, I just want to be a goody two-shoes. Two yeah, I guess you want to be bad to the bone, look bad to the bone, act bad to the bone. Well, you don't represent the God I serve. Amen. 
You represent the God of culture. Because that's basically what the world's saying. So our manner reflects how much we respect God and men. Your manner. Um, we, 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 I believe we must recognize we don't have the right to behave how we want as a child of God. Amen. Uh, we have a responsibility. Boy, nobody wants that word. They want the privileges, but not the responsibilities. We have a responsibility to behave how God wants. We should lay down our rights and willingly take up a desire to please Christ. What time are you usually done, Pastor? Uh, anywhere up to 11. Okay. When you respect God and others, you will want your manners to reflect that respect. Now, I've given you three little points this morning. There's a series on this, and this series is not original. That may blow you away. If you're interested in these kind of lessons and this kind of stuff, uh, there's a man by the name of Kerry Schmidt. He's a pastor over in uh, Massachusetts someplace. He's a Bible-believing, God-fearing man. And I heard Kerry Smith say that he was born in a Christian home, got saved at a young age, and grew up in a big church and lived in the big church bubble. And he says when, and I, he was the director of music, he's a writer of books, he wrote this book, Different by Design, and I always give him credit for his material. I've met him personally. Uh, he's a humble man. And after... 15 or 16 years in the big church under the umbrella of faith of a large church he said I realized for the first time when I took that church over there everybody didn't love preachers he had lived in that Christian bubble and when he got out of that bubble and seen how the world really felt about the man of God and the word of God he said I learned something about Christianity and myself and he's the man that wrote these materials on different by design. I've just taken them and put my teaching bills and made my own outline so that I could pass out a handout. I don't have handouts for you today, but in, when I teach at my home church, I always give a handout. has the scripture addresses and the points. And there are ten points. And I give you three. The fourth one, the manner of a, of a Christian will be distinctly different than those of a non-Christian. If your manners are just like they were when you were lost, there's something wrong with your Christianity, something wrong with your heart. Fifthly, God's word is filled with instruction about our manner of life. A bunch of verses. Sixthly, God's word and his Holy Spirit will produce a well-mannered life. And it does. You get in this book, stay on your face, it'll change you. Seventhly, a well-mannered life is a reflection of the new man within. And brother, the new man must grow day by day and the old man must die. You feed the old man, he'll grow and it'll look like he's growing. Eighthly, a well-mannered life helps avoid the appearance of evil abstain from all appearance of evil you look like the world, act like the world, smell like the world people will think you're of the world uh, uh, number nine a well mannered life was modeled by Jesus Amen. he had the right manners, the right attitude, the right heart, the right charity, the right love the right appearance, everything um, lastly point number ten a well mannered life brings the favor 
of God and men. And brother, it, when your manners are right, your etiquette is right, your conduct is right, God begins to bless you in ways that you've never had before. That's why I respect the holy God because he's the blesser of my life and I owe him respect. He's the giver of my life. I owe him respect and honor and conduct becoming to him. I'm a child of the king. I want to represent him appropriately. Now, none of that's in the message, but you know what I'm saying. Amen. So these are good things. You can pick this book up online. And you see me teaching from it this morning. It is that well written by a Bible-leaving pastor. It's called Different But I'm not selling his books, but I'm not trying to fool you that I come up with all this stuff. And you want some good material, it's out there by Bible believers who've done been down the road. I am teaching this series in our home church now because it's so necessary. So now I thought it'd be a blessing this morning for you to just here. Now this church is small, doesn't have a lot of problems, that's a wonderful thing. But as you grow, you know you have to teach on simple things. And and I think we should. So I'm going to quit, Brother Cliff, because it's time to yak and jaw a little bit. It's 10 till I'm done. Pastor, you need any? come forward, do anything, I'll turn it over to you.